You are now listening to Conscientization 101, an online magazine combining reflection, music, and action through independent media. It's uh, very important to be with conscious African women and men. And I'm very excited to see Conscientization 101, to see Sister Zari there and the brother James, and uh, to see that you have started an organization to conscientize the world, especially African people about what's really going on in this world. Conscientization 101. A lot of these people right now in this conscious, so-called conscious movement, they're not actually living in that in that lifestyle. Bakers. That's why, you know, obviously yourself, we're on the same sort of frequency. That's why you're listening to the same things I'm listening to because we're sharing that same sort of thought. We want the same sort of things and a lot of people don't want the same sort of things. Even yourself, what you're doing now is for the people. So everything is people-based. Globally conscientizing. Making me proud of what um, this kind of connection here is that you know, when no matter what is said, no matter what is done, um, you, you leave that you leave listening to our music with a feeling. The same way we're going to leave this conversation with a feeling, mm-hmm. and um, that is the most important thing you know, for for I and I the, the vibe and the energy and the feeling that you leave with. Because you might not remember every lyric, but you're going to remember the feeling. So um, that's 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 really important, and that's what I'm getting from what you're doing. 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 The next program will also be shown on BBC Two and ITV. This is BBC One. Right, hello and welcome. Not just to another episode, but the fiftieth episode of the Conscientization One Hundred and One Podcast. I'm your host and senior editor, James Stone, along with my co-host and managing editor, Zari Sundiata. On our fiftieth episode of Conscientization One Hundred and One Podcast. Woo! It is good to be back with you after some time now, because it, it, because it is, as you can see, I can't even talk because it has been quite an ordeal from incompetent website hosts and developers, uh, computer hard drive crashes, and car crashes we've had. I mean, all that stuff's happened. It's already, hasn't it? Yes, it has. We've had a bunch of mishaps and issues <laughs> yeah and it wasn't our fault it's all external it's a bunch of crazy crabs ha- happening you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and you know it was preventing us from posting this 50th show i mean check this out we had issues from our former host which you all know 
because we sent out a a, a, a letter, mm-hmm. a newsletter about them. They was they they just sorry. It looked like they going out of business and shit, and they were just trying to get more money, and they weren't mm-hmm. watching the site. Various other sites besides ours uh, were not protected, so we had to jump ship and get away from them motherfuckers. We got viruses. The viruses. We took that off though. We don't have them now. Yes. Okay, we got another exactly. host. We got the hell away from them motherfuckers, mm-hmm. and um, then we got rid of them. And then we thought we was gonna be dropping the late this 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 episode this 50th episode that we did uh, that we actually recorded in February. Look at this February. Oh, good month. That's the oh, birthday month, right? Back in February of 18, and then in October, or well, it was uh, we thought we was gonna do it around October or early November. And uh, you know, uh, I, I think it was it was October. You know, that's when you know what y'all listening to the sounds of. Chairman Math. You know, he released Ginger. I was like, oh, that's a good sign. The, the, the day the day he released it, it was a cold front in Houston. <laughs> and what you got to understand. How do you a, remember that? I remember it because <laughs> I was like, God, we was like, damn, it's so damn hot. It's so damn hot. We just got a new uh, uh, web host. Everything's good. It's hot. Then it's like a cold front came through. Uh-huh. Then Ginger released. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I, I like, I mean, I know everybody listening. I'm like, oh, you like the cold? When it's 900 million degrees of humidity. <laughs> and humid. And humid. <laughs> and the swampy, where we live, yes, you know, anything. You know, when it gets a cold front, everybody starts celebrating. They walking in the winter <laughs> wonderland when it's 60 degrees. Bro, that's a news segment. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the most popular news segment. I don't even watch the news. Everybody's like, oh, it's going to be cold tomorrow. <laughs> Right? Then Ginger dropped. So I was like, oh, yeah, I like Ginger. And then the Ginger Chairman Mav dropped. Oh, yeah. We going to play some of that on the 50th episode. About time. Then guess what happens? Okay, we was crunk. Then guess what happens? On October 30th, our damn hard drive crashes. Mm-hmm. That was a mess. And contrary to popular belief, just like contrary to popular belief, you know, this is a, a, a that, you know, oh, everything is ubiquitous. You can just go ahead and just, just if you want to do something, just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Just find somebody. Just find somebody. It's yeah, easy. It's easy. <laughs> uh, no, it ain't uh, Horatio Algiers. Okay. Bootstraps. Rugged individualism. Right? No, it ain't because uh, we couldn't find nobody fixed computer. We took, I'm not trying to go, I'm trying to give y'all paint a, paint a perfect picture. Of the, of the struggle we went through to try to get to this 50th episode. So I found somebody. They, uh, what are you? What are you? What are you? Uh, uh, millennials or whatever the hell? White social phenomenon call <laughs> different generations because they try to demarcate different mm-hmm. people so they can bifurcate everybody so you won't see the continuity of European domination. Mm-hmm. Okay, you millennials or whoever. Mm-hmm. Just what you need to do. What you Gen Xers need to do is go ahead and you do a Google and then you look at the reviews. You look at the reviews, guys. And if they have high reviews, you go there. Oh, yeah, they can't manipulate reviews. Of course not. <laughs> they can't do that. They don't pay for reviews. They don't, people don't get paid for reviews. Mm-hmm. There's not sponsorship behind stuff. They don't They don't know how to twerk that stuff. That That's being a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> right? So we found, you know, we did. the We found some people around us. Uh, uh, in terms of like we looked at the reviews and stuff like that man these fools had my computer for over two weeks they was talking about oh yeah here's the fix and then I said well that doesn't sound right XYZ because I'm inquiring about some questions about how things should be fixed and then they said okay well let me look into that then they waited another damn week mm-hmm. okay and so mm-hmm. I just went up there and said give me my damn computer back <laughs> and so then we was looking hard and we I mean we were looking hard we finally found this one brother and he fixed the computer but you know, we was using that Windows 7, okay? All our software worked on that Windows 7. 
What what we had to get, Zari? Windows 10. Oh Lord. So that means we had to go buy with Cubase. Windows when Cubase 9.5. We had to upgrade everything. We had to upgrade everything. Printer, everything. Mm-hmm. The brother who fixed our computer, he was a good brother. Mm-hmm. Uh he really knows his stuff. He, you know, he knew computers, but he didn't necessarily know the software. So we had to figure out that stuff and do the research ourselves for that. And uh, you know, just like I was saying, you know, people, you know. Uh, uh, Western society, capitalism, they want to make conspicuous consumers. They don't want to make conspicuous developers. And if you are developing, you're developing for uh, the monopolies, the oligarchies and all that shit. Because I say that to say this, because every web person I know who's had interactions with a website company, when they try to develop it, have a hard time. If you're not doing something outside the standard, you know, uh, oh, just get a Shopify, get an Israeli Wix page or one of those things or something like that. Uh, if you're trying to do something and, and this brother who is a genius who fixed our computer he knows so much about computer he got our computer back working tight he didn't know anything about websites and surprise surprise just like our experience with web development somebody stole his money mm-hmm. he said I got took for a lot of money cause I mean there is no regulation on this shit there is not people can just say they can get reviews get their cousin mama and them know how to manipulate this. oh I got high reviews man he said they took his money and um, you know so we were just that was just a casual conversation with, with him. So it's hard to develop, and believe me, you know. And then when you are trying to have do something that's political in nature, like a website like ours, yeah. y'all can sit up there and say all you want to. All you have to do is this: they get to reading some of them damn articles and some of the titles that we have on our website. Oh, they don't want to develop. Well, that's niggas no more. Exactly, they neglect it. Exactly. Yeah, uh, you uh, can't just go up the street to any old developer. It's very hard to find somebody who's willing to actually help you. And so, with all that said, like, I, we want to say, we don't live in conscientization one-on-one world. You know what I'm saying? People like to say, like, oh, so, oh, yeah, you know, you know this and X, Y, Z, you know. Man, we pay bills. We got family members not doing so well. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 you, we, we, we know all the same contradictions you go through. We go through the same thing. We ain't no different. But anyway, my, my point is, we live in the same struggle. And then, okay, so we got the computer up. That was by the end of November. We was like, oh yeah, baby. So me and Zara riding in the car. We riding in the car. We riding in the, we riding in my car. We riding in my car. So we sitting in traffic. Man, this dude. Boom. Hey, boom. Hey, hey, hey. Like car crash into us. Messed my car up. I just got my car back. We recording this. Uh, this is February 9th. I just got my car back about two weeks ago. And this was December 1st. I got my car back in January. So late January. And so uh, uh, they hit our car so bad. Shoot. Uh, we had whiplash. Uh, I had a, um, my, I have a herniated disc now. So we got kind of screwed up. And uh, still going through that stuff. I had, you know, various procedures. Crazy stuff, man. Then we don't live in conscientization one-on-one world. So it's like, don't think when we produce this, we have this ability. See, y'all live in a pristine world where y'all can do that. Now nah, we got crazy everywhere, too. So basically, I'm saying all that to say this. Still strive, but, you know, understand stuff happens. And we understand stuff happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that's true. And that's why you know we are truly independent. We don't have a team. We don't have a social media group that posts us. We do all this ourselves so when you have a litany of problems and and mishaps and accidents and stuff like that then you know hey it you got to kind of just roll with it and then get back to things the way as soon as you can so exactly and uh 
Another thing I want to say, we ain't, we ain't no society of the damn spectacle or nothing like that. We ain't going to be like, go on my journey on healing my herniated disc from a car wreck. <laughs> I could have posted pictures. I got pictures of my car. It was fucked up. I was lucky it wasn't total. I could have posted pictures of the car. It could have been like, look, guys, my journey. But I don't roll like that, man. I don't know about Come that. Come with me to the doctor after my accident. I'm not a big sharer. That's not just sharing. That's just... Like, yeah, I'm not into worship me, narcissism. TMI, yeah, yes. like I'm gonna have to do this. Let me get over it, then I might tell you why we've been gone, just you know, as a courtesy, because mm-hmm. y'all been waiting on this shop. Okay? Cause we kept saying, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it, and then we couldn't do it. Just like we said, we sent a newsletter, we said we was gonna update some aspects of the site. We we thought we found some somebody could do it. Oh, Again, yeah, that, that didn't work problem. out. Didn't work we out. still gonna move forward with that, but not as soon as we thought we were. So just wanted to let y'all know FYI on that. But things happen. And if y'all Hey, send or drop us an email or anything if y'all know somebody who's a reliable, reasonably priced web designer. When you have somebody who's like a web designer and they do this, this is how they decide they want to charge. This is someone hit us up with this. So what y'all pay for initially? <laughs> what y'all pay y'all last web developer? <laughs> um, I and you know this is me. I really can't remember. Oh, uh, so y'all don't really know uh, how much it is? We'll be giving you a call back later. Bye. There you go. That's what these. That's what these. Love come quick. There are such things. That's the den of thieves. Love web come in a hurry. <laughs> There's thieves in the web development business every day. <laughs> it is the den of thieves. <laughs> All right. Now, just that was a quick FYI. wasn't really quick. So, yes, again, we're happy to be back. We're happy to be blazing this ginger from Cherry Math in the background. And we're also happy to bring you this 50th episode. So let's get into what we're going to talk about right now. And this, my friend, is my prayer for you. All right, guys. So we are really happy to be bringing you, as always, back with some good quality theory and practice content so that you all can be developers of the world for the better, as opposed to mindless, conspicuous consumers who are led by artificial emotions created by marketing campaigns. Ah, Western civilization and the exigencies of its puerile superstructure. Yes, okay, I'm sorry. The exegesis means urgent and puerile means childish or silly. Yes, they, they they really make you think what's really silly or really urgent. Oh, I have to post what I'm eating. I have to show them my new shirt now. <laughs> and Ooh. tell how I'm feeling. I have to tell them how I'm feeling. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, today on this 50th episode... We'll be playing excerpts from a dialogue we had with our brother Rago Zulu Rebel on February 17th, 2018. And we entitled it, Drum Roll Please, A Seiku Shite with Rago Zulu Rebel. All right, now check this out. We want to give Rebs. A special shout out, um, you know, because we actually been listening to Racco Zulu Rebel probably since like 2012, 2011. Wow, now, right? Um, got familiar with his music through Global what Faction. Mm-hmm. And so, what you Since before 2012, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were, I'm getting Way old. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, damn. 
Damn, we sure. Oh yeah, we were listening to it. Golly, how time flies. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we've been listening right for a long time, almost a decade now. Really. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, when we contacted him, uh, like in uh, it was 2015, he was like he was like a few, uh, one of a few people. Like when we contacted him about doing an interview. Got right back with us. Got, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't on no Hollywood bougie stuff. Like, who are you guys? I will not talk to you. <laughs> yes, no, I'm Rocco Zulu Rebel. I'm Hollywood. Contact my management. Contact my man- management. <laughs> now, nah, man, this, I mean, uh, Rago, I mean, that we really thank you because it's like, you know, just getting getting a chance to meet him, not as necessarily as an artist, blah, 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 blah. But, man, he's a real cool, cool down-to-earth brother. Um... Personally, I like Raggo Zulu Rebel. I like Jamal Jones Thomas. Okay, he's, <laughs> he's a cool brother. You want to say anything else, Art? Nope, that's true. I agree. Okay, so now, and we got that out of the way. Thank you, Ribs. Thank you. And from that, y'all know he's he's been a frequent uh, guest on the show. Uh, so if you want to check out his Vitae, uh, you know, go check out other shows. We got links, and you can listen to what the Vitae is, and we'll have uh, links to all his uh, websites and information at the end of the show, as we always do. And I want to say, on this particular dialogue, actually took place while Rago was in a in a UK hospital awaiting the birth of another addition to his family. And we and it went and it went for over three hours. We was on the phone, man. It was, it was man. It was it was a long time. It, we was on the phone just chopping it up like he was just. You ain't seen one of your cousin, your your brother, them for a long time and stuff, exactly. and you just trying to catch up. And I was like, man, I hope they don't kick him out the hospital because we was, you know, we was going in. We was talking, man, it was fun. It was fun. And I just wanted to set the tone to describe the hospital because you're going to hit maybe sometimes I'm stuttering or talking really fast or doing some stuff like that because in the background, there's, you know, nurses are coming by. There's people coming in talking to them. And you might hear, Dr. Bruce, telephone, please. <laughs> or what they say in England, Dr. Bruce, telephone, please. <laughs> oh. A baby is being born. A baby. A baby. Hello. Did you? Would you like a taste? Spot a tape as baby being born. I don't know what they're doing, but anyway, I'm t- sometimes I'm talking fast. Zari's talking fast. I might have edited it out so you don't hear the background, but no, there's a reason behind that because you know he is in a hospital. Okay. A few times the phone cut off too. Yeah, but you know we took care. Of, that's why we edited and mastered this stuff. You know we're yeah. not just trying to get it out there so people can see our vision and journey. We wanted it to be pristine audio quality so you can understand the dialogue and you maybe pull something from it and then you guys say, oh, I learned from that. I can take this and perform practice and be shapers of the world for the better and have interlocking institutions with people and stuff like that so we can build this society that is needs to come into the forefront so nobody will be oppressed. Oh, look at that. All right. <laughs> Yay. Okay, I said all that. Just wanted to say- <laughs> I just wanted to set that up. So you might be asking yourself, where did we get the term Seiku Shite? Sorry, tell us where we got that from. Okay, well, Seiku Shite is an African term we learned from reading renowned African psychologist Dr. Wade Noble's book, Seeking the Seiku, Foundational Writings from an African Psychology, which is in our Conscientization 101 library right now. And remember, in our library, we personally curate all of the books in that library. So the, all the books that we think are quintessential for praxis. And not to cut, not to cut, cut interrupts, sorry, she'll get back to it. But I did want to say, since we have been gone for uh, such a long time, 
We have a lot of but we have a lot of books we've read. We've read a lot from the end of last year going into this year. And so you're going to see a plethora of books. Check the Instagram, check the website. You're going to see a plethora of books with links to it. Links to how you can get those books. And here's the thing. I don't care. We don't we don't care if you purchase the books. We have library card here. Get get to go through the library. I know that's might be an OR. Some of you uh, people who know how to stream Netflix on, on your fingernails or whatever the hell they doing now. <laughs> Y'all got bio chips in your hand. Oh, I, yo, dude, it's in my hand, dude. I can yeah. read the whole thing in my hand. Oh, yeah, I've, I've already streamed that shit. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> I was binging. I was, I was binging. <laughs> what the hell is that? You're saying binging, man. What the, that's gross. Yeah, Any, it's very indicative. I, I'm binge watching. I'm binge watching. How does they should do a study how that affects the neurological functionings of the yeah, brain? Hmm, I'm curious because people are crazy. Yes, but 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 basically, what I'm saying is, you know, if you see the books and you can't buy them on Amazon because some of the books I was able to purchase, and they're coming up in future weeks when I'm going to post them and write the writings from because we only do like three a week because time permits because we don't live in conscientization 101 world right um that uh uh are now it's i bought a book for instance called cultural misorientation by kobe uh kobe cambone and it's i'm gonna post that i think the week after the show because i've read a whole bunch of other books buried my heart at wounded knee russell means uh, autobiography a lot of stuff right uh, 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 um, that book, the Cultural Misorientation, it was like twenty dollars. Now it's like fifty-two dollars on Amazon because a lot of books we read are out of print. See, because the hey, you've been socialized to think everything that's new is better, and it's not, it's not the case. A lot of stuff that is older is actually what you need, and then somebody's trying to remix and water it down, right? That's the, all this new stuff. That's why y'all woke, right? <laughs> that's, that's to keep you distracted. That's to keep always you, something new. Yeah, they always try to keep you distracted and not have a f- clear base. But anyway, my point is, however you procure and able to read these books, please do that. We're not saying just uh, uh, go to the our, go to our, uh, our website and get the link, Amazon links. If you can't get it from Amazon, I don't care how you get it. Just I would like for people to read this information because it's really important information. And use it as a basis to build upon. So, because if you really internalize a lot of information, the information in the books we put in our library, you can see through a lot of smoke and mirrors that other people might try to present to you and stuff like that. And it also it it, it serves as inspiration because the work that you, if you're interested in getting rid of this imperial edifice, you know it it can be it's sometimes isolating, demoralizing. You're like, oh my god, oh I might as well just give up and da 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 and go crazy and blah blah. No, just keep reading. You got to just like lifting weights. You get, keep we keep reading and reading and reading. You get better and better and better. My point is, get the information, Bill. And I'm sorry for interrupting you from where you got Sekou Shite from, Zari. So okay. you can go back to that. All right. Dr. Nobles breaks down the term Sekou Shite, Shite, excuse me, as two terms from the Metu Nature, the Egyptian hieroglyphs. The word Sekou means understanding, the illuminator, the eye and the soul of the being, that which inspires. Shite means to go deeply into a subject. And that is from page 395, footnote 36 of the book, Seeking the Seku, Foundational Writings for an African Psychology. And we named the episode, We, we this is the title of the episode, because that's exactly what we were doing with Rago for about three hours. We came to an... Over un- three hours. <laughs> exactly. The dialogue. <laughs> We came to a deeper understanding about who we are as African people with the emphasis on the point that we are one African people as opposed to us being African peoples. Please don't get me started on that because 
I've been brooding over that all day today, so I'm not going to go crazy. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and when you say African peoples, we putting that in air quotes, African peoples, because... Yes, in air quotes, exactly, because Europeans and their anthropological studies love to call us African peoples as if we have these different tribes and, excuse me, that we have these different tribes and we have these different <laughs> groups. I was going to go she off. She had a moment. She had a moment I was, was going to go off because people keep calling themselves tribes and they call themselves savages now, and I'm sorry. But anyway, <laughs> that we have all these different factions, and that is not the case. Other people are nations and ethnic groups. And, exactly. And, and us and American Indians are tribes. Exactly, because that is a way of saying that you are atavistic backwards and that you will have no, you have no literacy. And you might not be human being quite actually human. Exactly. You're a humanoid. Human, exactly. human, Human-like. Have no literacy. You have no industry. You never have. You have no philosophy. You have no imagination. You come from a polity. Exactly. And so that's what they like to call us. Not that we are one African people who have one origin. In Kemet, okay? That's the one origin that we have. And through invasion and, and, and industry and all kinds of manipulation, we were splintered and put into these different situations that you see today. And I want to say we have, Afri- you know, we um, Kemet is one of the manifestations uh, that is African in nature, but our origin goes that predates Kemet. That's what I just want to say that, too. I know what you're saying, because I know you was getting crunk and probably going to smack somebody. But <laughs> I, we Kemet, but even before we even developed Kemet, right. it's in Africa. It's in Africa, go back. Mm-hmm. And you got to look at the differences more as idiosyncratic as opposed to we're different whole African peoples and African like, you know, and this one is more, you know, no, 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 no. And it's kind of like Chancellor Williams said in his magnum opus, the destruction of black civilization, great issues of a race from 4,500 BC to 2000 AD. I will link to that book in these show notes. It's in the uh, library, but I'm going to link to this so you can see it right on these show notes. He elucidates this fact quite succinctly when he states, quote, an African is a member of the black race. And from times immemorial, he was known as such by all peoples of the world. Throughout this work, the term refers to blacks only. It should be noted also that I write about the African people, not African peoples, as Western writers do. I'm dealing here with essentially one people, one race, if you please, the African race. In ancient times, African and Ethiopia meant the same thing, a black. That's on page 30 of Destruction of Black Civilization. And so we wanted to make that clear because a lot of times we like to make mere like ethnic what we are terming and we we are creating it just somebody else says race they get to create everything and they got their white people to create all these type of social terms and stuff like that and they real and they ain't real but we have to be the they want to take the oppressed out of being able to create history because that's how you dominate people but we say what we have is more of ethnic terms look what an ethnic term because to, in order to be a part of an ethnic group you have to have the same origins all African people have the same origins right we have the same ethnic idiosyncrasies because check this out. I'm gonna give you guys a, a quick example. I'm from Texas, and then tell everybody know. I don't know everybody from the United States, especially down here in Texas. No, Texas wants us to see become a new country. So we don't understand geopolitical formation of the nation state. The nation state is a Western creation. So they have made nation states something the European has created, and then what nation states has various races 
that's what people think. Well, I'm from America, so I'm not the same race as, uh, say, somebody from Ghana. And Ghana, what you know today is Ghana, was created at the borders and all that was created by the Western powers in 1884-85 at the Berlin Conference. Now, since they make this nation state and they try to they confuse the matter with nation states and actual origins and what they call races, you can't see that your your brother, your sister from Ghana is the exact same person in Texas. And I'll give you an example. If they if Texas did succeed like a lot of these motherfuckers want to do, secede from the union, and then you got a cousin over in Louisiana, which a lot of people over here do. I'm from Austin, but a lot of people from Houston got cousins all up in Louisiana. <laughs> then, right? Then they'll be like, well, I guess we ain't related no more because you a different race. We're fundamentally different. We're, I'm of the Texas race, and you are the United States race. See, I mean, that's how they play these games, which they don't sure even make do. sense. I want to quote brother Y2C87 of RU1 Film. When he we had a dialogue with him, he said, white people will say stuff to you, and, it, and the way they'll try to say it, it could be total garbage, but they'll say it in a certain way, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. And then you'll be like, that shit didn't make no damn sense. <laughs> I was like, damn, why too? That's some real shit. They do it. They shit. say it with furrowed brow, yep. you know, with a serious face. Exactly. So we want to emphasize, you know, those are rather ethnic idiosyncrasies, you know, why... You know, I say, I talk like this while Rago say, what's up, me brother, and all that other stuff, and how I have my draw and stuff like that. It, it, but it's not because it's not as if we're if all together. It's not as if we're all together different peoples. It's just that we live in a different geographical regions, but we all have that same same origin. And guess what? If Rago was born or in Texas, he talked the same way because he's a. That's how African people do it down here. If I was born over there. Or, and it probably, you know, uh, the slave re- uh, origins in a British colony such as Guyana, Barbados, or Jamaica. And my people went to, you know, after they called everybody to come home after World War II to rebuild the country. And then they spit on our people in Britain. That history that, that a lot of Africans don't know about in this country, you know what I'm saying? Because they set, tell us to worship England because they say England is so fair and you know they didn't have slavery like Americans and then sometimes brothers from England be saying oh it's not as prejudiced as in America then I talk to real OGs like uh, uh, Big Frizzle he'd be like nah brother he says my god you know what I'm saying so can I just add one thing go ahead add one thing that's the thing that they don't make clear either is that these things are colonial institutions and creations that have a basis in colonialism because they make you want, want you to believe that some kind of way this shit is natural, okay? I can, I mean, somebody, I think I heard somebody say something about, oh, I'm speaking Jamaican. How are you? There's no such thing as speaking Jamaican, okay? That is a, that is an English language that has been influenced by African dialect, okay? So there's no such thing, okay? So they got you in this situation where you think that this is, like we always say about some of these countries in the Caribbean, where you got real countries, you know, so you're fundamentally different from African-American, you know, and stuff like that. So it's not, that's not the case. These, all these places have been influenced by colonial history where that is not, there's no Jamaican English, okay? English is from England, okay? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? There you go. Exactly. So, really, Jamaicans are uh, who they speak a patois, right? Right. And while a lot of the uh, uh, the actual words, the, the the vocabulary might be English, some of it might be English words. The a lot of the uh, the vernacular and how it is pronounced is African. Yes. 
that has been brought into that particular part of the world with that in that in, in that in, exactly. uh, environment, that geographical location that's uh, misnomered the Caribbean as opposed exactly. to the islands. Uh, because um, I saw somebody, because they really want to confuse this and not make us united. Because mm-hmm. I saw somebody who's, I, I said, they said, I'm African American, uh, Jamaican, Ghanaian. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've seen that before. So, so pretty much what they were saying is they, they, they the way they were presenting is like they were all these different races, mm-hmm. yeah, and I was just like, no, literally, you are just an African that was mm-hmm. colonized by the by the damn British. Right. That's why you have to list it all. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? When you say African American, you're saying a British settler colony. When you say Jamaica, you're saying a colony outright in the, what is known as the Caribbean, the islands. And you're talking about, uh, what did I say, Ghanaian? Or, and you're looking at a, a colony of Britain on well, the continent. So ba- you, you're still African. Yeah. But they split it all up. So they saying, well, I'm African-American, Jamaican, Ghanaian. It's like, what exactly. the hell is you? You're just exactly an African. But but that's how they try to do this. You, you don't know which way is up. You know what I'm saying? You don't know if you want to uh, vote for Obama or... Eat your rice and peas. Whatever they tell you to do, you do it. So it get it instil- it instills a sense of false national consciousness. It does. Um, thinking we're American, Jamaican, or whatever they need us to be. Besides, what stares back at us in the mirror, and that is African. That's exactly right. All right. I hope you like that one. <laughs> I told you this is the fiftieth episode. Go hard or go, go the, the fuck, fuck home. home. All right, we will be discussing the following with our brother Raggo Zulu Rebel. Remember, these are just excerpts. You got to get the whole thing. We'll tell you how to do that. So we're going to be discussing on this show the excerpts from our dialogue, and we will be discussing the following. Nationalism and the cultural unity of Africa. Cultural misorientation. Cultural basis of economics. Sponsorship versus ownership. And much more. Okay. Thank you for that, Zari. And before we start the show, we want to kick off this 50th episode with something I produced a while back. I, I had put a little bit of it on Instagram. I'm like, I think it was in 18 or 17. Something I call uh, my Selassie Sun mix. All right. So enough talking. Let's start this against all odds. Conscientization 101, 50th episode right now. Misconception. Red, black, green. That's what Marcus 
kill Rasta man Forget the Babylon Forget the misconception Turn on MC, we need to take the steps to get free instead of getting envied in a fuckery and then crying about how we're unlucky when somebody ends up getting dirty. Abruptly bite a dusty bucky for the need of lust and greed, you must see who don't heal will feel. Deep in the dark parts of my mind, soul in my heart. Deep in the dark parts of my mind, soul in my heart. Deep in the dark parts of my mind, soul in my heart. Deep in the dark parts of my mind, soul in my heart. Deep in the dark parts of my mind, soul in my heart. Hear the rest of man chant, can't walk the path that's unholy. Rather start to stay lonely. described and we bit just described a mouthful didn't we uh we wanted to read a quote from Ayikwe Amar's book The Eloquence of the Scribes um and he says some of us may pretend that the infernal cycle cannot be broken but we know this is a lie decades ago we could justify continued dependence on foreign transnational publishing companies by arguing that publishing costs were beyond our reach now the rise of inexpensive and high-quality computerized desktop publishing technology has knocked that bottom out of that excuse. 
quality publishing far beyond the mediocre standards of the trans of the transnational corporations that have made fortunes out of African literature is now within the financial reach of African intellectuals, provided only that we do what every successful enterprise must do, get together with like-minded investors to plan and finance production and distribution. This is what Per Unc, the African Publishing Cooperative, is about. Uh, page 301 of Ayikwe The Eloquence of the Scribes. And, and, and while Amaya is addressing African intellectuals, his analysis can be easily uh, uh, applied to all Africans engage, engaged in developing uh, um, institutions free from co the colonial relationships. Um, we did kind of talk about this. So we, we actually we did kind of talk about it, but I just want to, if you had any more, any more on it, because it, is, this is the idea behind how you operate, Rago. This is the essence of the fire and the hunger, okay? Show them the fire and the hunger. In the context of that quote. <laughs> In the context of that quote. <laughs> Well, um, is we're living this globalization era, um, where we live in this technological era, um, it's not a thing where we have to turn around, as you said, and go to no big, big um, label or big company or whatever to get our ideas and thoughts across to the people that relate. And then, as I was saying earlier, that they're going to sell whatever people want. So if you've got a big enough following, nowadays it's not really about the product, it's about the following. Yeah? Yes. Mm -hmm. So if your brand, for example, look at Drink Champs, Noriega and then Monday, yeah? They've got the biggest podcast on the internet. Um, and how they, they know that hip-hop is, is a, a medium for the masses, yeah? Like all the masses, not just the urban inner city youth, black youth, Latino youth, whatever. It's everybody. So what are they going to sell them? Alcohol. You know what I mean? Once upon a time, you would have got a sponsor, maybe if he was a boxer for some shorts or something like that or whatever. But the sponsor with sponsorship is limited. Now, if you're popping, you'll get a nice sponsorship for trainers. And once upon a time, they wanted exclusivity. Now they don't care. Like Cameron had that little beef for Mace the other day, and he was drinking uh, Ribena, or let's say, or Lucasade. Lucasade hollered at him a day after and asked him to do another sponsorship um, just to drink it while he was on a live feed. So if you've got a following, wherever you're, they're selling lifestyles to us. Remember we were talking yesterday about yep. TV and the reason why TV, not yesterday, but the last time last we reasoned time, yeah. about TV and the reason why TV is there. It's to advertise lifestyles to you. So these people will give you £25,000 just to wear a jumper, or twenty five or 30 grand just to be seen eating this or going to this place or come into this shop or whatever the case may be. So you can still have your freedom as a brand. You then just have to support um, certain people's products or whatever the case may be, which is a cool thing because then you're not signed, I don't know, to a Death Jam or to a Virgin or to a BMI for however long. But then with these brands and these companies, like... Um, it depends how much ownership they want of you. But a lot of time, I don't know how much ownership nowadays because people are, people are clever as artists. We don't necessarily need these things or trying to fit in, but no one's even interested in sponsoring it. But because we're so hip to the game, we do it already. We already, we already wear the right thing. We already go to the right place. If they know, say, that there's a wave of, let's say, feminization coming and everyone's going to put on a dress anyway, even if they're not even that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because people are trying to adhere to what would be wanted. So... Um, yeah, we're just in the era of sponsorship. It's no longer the era of ownership in it that sure way, but then the I guess that's how they own you to a degree, depending on how you set your deal or your company culture. So, I mean, true. if your company culture is one that advertises yourself, for example, like a prostitute, she's going to put herself on the corner and make people know she's available. That's her job. <laughs> or, or a gigolo's going to put himself on a website 
and say, look, hey, good night, good time with me, kind of thing, or whatever. People advertise themselves according to their availability. You know, this is the services that I'm willing to provide, and you can tell by the person's company culture. If you was a kosher, a kosher chef, you're not available to everybody because you're only cooking kosher food. Do you know what I mean? So it's just about the company culture to begin with. Then people will know where to get on and where to get off with you. Um, I was watching a thing. Quincy Jones at the moment is spilling all these beans on everybody in Hollywood and, and tipping all his tea. I watched one thing once upon a time. And it's basically saying now, um, when Pat was doing a thing with his daughter, um, the secret society's Illuminati is all these people were trying to get him one way or the other or whatever. And then he was like, look, one day he's coming to his house and, just, and offered him, said to him, look, I can bring you into the thing, but I want a piece of two-pack booty. And mum was like, what kind of thing? But this is what I'm saying because these people, think about Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson. Think about Quincy Jones and have you ever seen the Ray Charles movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so you see when he's very young, when he's about 11 or 12 and he can't even get in a club, he's tied to the Chitlin circuit and moves to New York and he has aspirations to do whatever it takes to get to the position that he got to. Now, I don't know what happened in between one point to the next point, but when I thought about it and I kicked back, think about Will Smith. Remember, this thing is like the butt break, you know. This thing is like, you know. And so certain people give off. It is. It is. It's a slavery thing from olden days kind of thing. And it would be, okay, I'll, I've got a great slave. And even boxing. Boxing would be my slave is stronger than yours. Oh, of course. Yeah. Or yeah. it would be, yeah. I've got my slave and my slave does this trick or does this party trick or whatever it may be. Uh-huh. So it's the same thing. And then what happens is the preachers or the middle class of the slave Negro will turn around and initiate the field Negro into these rituals to get him up the chain or through the glass ceiling or to places that he can't go and this is the way that these people do it. Ah. Go back now and research Quincy Jones <laughs> and think about Michael Jackson and think about Will Smith and Six Degrees of Separation and you, yep, do, the, yep. you, you do the line. You do the line, man. You know? And I love, I love Michael Jackson. <laughs> but the facts speak for themselves. I like Quincy Jones' music. I was never really too sure about him as a person but, but the fact, if you go and look at it analytically without emotion, just like we're looking at business, you'll see where the the friendship and the lies lack. Even when you're just looking at your own neighborhood and your own hood and you think, why does that person mess with that person? Why does that person mess with that person? How come birds of a forever always flock together? Yeah. You ought to see my face. And if, you're, if your company culture isn't <laughs> a certain way or if you don't give off a certain energy, then you're open to sway, you know? <laughs> That's exactly yeah, you right. Know, you're right. It's just like when you put it that way, you well, put that's it in what the context, it's like, it's oh. a hard to swallow. Right. Look, these people are like my idols, or you grow up and you think rare, 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 but you know your idols become your rivals, as Rick says. You know. Yeah. Well, the thing oh. about well, the thing about it is, is also that's what Dale Jones was talking about yeah, these sex prisoners and all this stuff, and you know, there's a casting couch for uh, uh, men as well, right? And when you're an African, you have to put that. Yes. They always trying to. They just don't speak about that one yet because it's not in at the moment. Well, yeah, it's ten years exactly. And well, the thing about it is also is like you said, you know. When we were talking about, you know, the, bringing it into the quote and stuff like that, what our mom was talking about, you know, it's it's the consciousness to buy. Like, the market needs to have a consciousness. We have to produce our own indigenous market because do you think it, for the consciousness to buy in a certain from a certain brand? Let me put it to you like this. With no, I don't care if I had the best quality market, right? I couldn't even get into this market. But with no Jew, no Jew would buy kosher products from me. Mm-hmm. Because they have the consciousness, they, they, they have been taught 
And that's not something that's just an economic trans, a transition of exchange value. On there, I'm going with my Marxist shit. The exchange value that is a an economy is a conscious certain set of consciousness. It's nationalistic. No Jew, I couldn't yep. even. I know I couldn't start up no Asian restaurant. I could love Asian food as a consu consumer. I couldn't go to the Chinatown mm -hmm. area in Houston, open up a shop. They push my black ass out. You see, but all right, so, you know the history of Chinatown. And all the tongs. Mm -mm. So they have they have these cultural spots which is called the tongs. It's like a community center, but it's also like a church. It's, it's I was watching one thing about Machine Gun Johnny, and it gave, gave the history of Chinatown. And basically, it's a bit like the mafia. When they come over, they set these places which would be community centers, and there would also be places where you would get like community judgments because they go to the American state or to the to the government to sort of settle their decisions. If you had a problem with your neighbor, you'd go to the tong. And the Don at the Tong would settle it for you and say, Tongs would turn around and put certain gangs to certain or certain young street boys to protect certain businesses or to go and get their taxes from their businesses or whatever. But it's a pillar of organization within the community which sets what can happen or what can't happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, here in the Caribbean, we did have those things because we'd have like a Caribbean center or your local Afro Caribbean center. And there's where you do your pardoner or you do da 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 da. But it wasn't necessarily as. And because we wasn't, didn't have that same cultural value or that same cultural currency or the value on that cultural currency, things exchange or breed out or share out or... Because even certain people that will turn around and might breed out, but they're still going to maintain that value. Well, let me tell you, well, I, I can tell you why we don't, why you don't have it. The same thing is not a Caribbean thing, it's an African thing. Yeah. And, what they do to us, and, and what they do to us Africans is tell us, literally, have the superficiality of the African-American culture center but for everything else, it's from where you get your sucker from, where you get your food, your clothing, your shelter, your medicine. Assimilate. You're going to be... We're, we're in the uh, uh, era of uh, the Black History Month and celebrating black culture over here. All they show is Negroes that assimilate. That's it. So they... You look at other groups. We have it in our culture. If we look back to the best part of our culture besides hiding in sarcophaguses, okay? We had that economic basis, but they've rendered mm -hmm. us all the way around to reduce us to cult the cultural, the cultural uh, 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 superficiality of wearing a dress or just enjoying me rice and peas, baby, right? Not selling the rice and peas and stuff like that and, and owning the export and import of the rice and peas, which gets mm -hmm. uh, Cousin Neville Chamberlain, uh, Cousin Johnny, you know, get them a job from the islands. Or get Big Jimbo from the South, get him a job, you know, pushing this right here, pushing them greens from down South. Well, you know, it's not comparable because our history for uh, in contact with Europeans is their whole yep. canon is that our whole, their whole canon is that we're nothing. We came from nothing. We have nothing. And they destroyed and, economics. Right. And so the only thing we can do is integrate with them and assimilate with them. That's the only thing we can do. That's not that we're going to ever be anything because we're never going to be anything according to them. We never were. We ne you know. So that's why, you know, um, we've kind of internalized that. Not kind of, but a lot of us have. And that's why everything we do is export. That's why everything we do is looking outside because there is no... Uh, oh, because there is no cultural redemption for us, according to the uh, conventional wisdom cultural of European economic. society. Yeah. yeah. But you know where a lot of that starts, though? A lot of that would just start with language. When you get off the boat, you, can't, you don't speak language. Uh -huh. So when you don't speak to the people there, you feel isolated. And yeah. then it brings you closer to the people that do. 
mm-hmm. and it becomes that min- minority society. And say, for example, you want to go to the housing or you want to go, you want to get a loan or whatever. You can't go to the bank, so you're going to go to the tong, the tong, That's right. the tongs at the tong will give mm-hmm. you a loan. It then again ties you into the community, and then you go there every weekend because you have to. Then your children grow up seeing their children, and it ties you and binds you together yeah, exactly. to this common experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we even that now that we're dialoguing in English is a big thing of that's currency. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a flow of currency. The fact that we're now dialoguing in, we, we don't have a t- native tongue to go back to for us. Do well, we do? But there's not a common one. Mm-hmm. Might can start speaking Wakanda. Yeah, we don't, but that's, that, that's, 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 that's an opportunity. Yeah. That's an opportunity to build one. And that import export business, and that, that we can think about this. I just finished rereading uh, uh, Diab's Black Federated uh, African States. You're from, uh, your colonial relationship is with Britain from uh, having the history in Barbados. Ours is with Britain. That's why we speak this. There's the language right now. And if we mm. want to work on a future language, we can put together the, all of the African language, all of the different uh, the linguistics from all over the African world, and that will be the future currency. But for pragmatic, what do we do now? Right now, we're talking to a brother across the Atlantic because of the colonial relationship. And instead of looking at that as a negative, yeah. we can use that as a positive because I can do import, export yeah. to Britain. I, I should be able to get into Britain mm-hmm. trade by my brother, Ragazulu Rebel, who know what I'm about and hold that market down. Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then we wouldn't be looking for them to provide jobs for us. Very but true. see, that, that, that's a type of consciousness. And these YouTubers, while they think they're free, all they're doing is rearranging their, their, their prostitutional ways for the followers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like you said, it ain't even about the quality of it. It's about who's popular. So it's the, it's the way these new globalized companies can have employees but not even have to pay them because they're going to do as they're told yep. anyway. Yep. So they're shaping yep. the culture. Well, the corporations are shaping the culture, but it's invisible hand because the people actually think that they're shaping the culture. YouTubers think they shape it. They ain't shaping shit. But they're always begging for sponsorship, just like you said. That Their whole thing, their whole reason for making any kind of content is for somebody to pick them up. That's it. True, true. And I'm like sorry, you were ahead. saying as well, once upon a time, the whole thing of um, with the internet, it's easy to monitor what people are about because how many people click on the thing or da 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 da. Yeah. It's, it, now, once upon a time, A and R had to go to clubs, mm-hmm. and even if you weren't about that life, you had to go there to the club, rub shoulders with it, get mixed in. That's even why you would send. Remember, I was saying like that middle level, um, that um, house hand, sending your house negro kind of thing out back into the field or whatever. You would have to instead of going there yourself, you would send uh, someone that could blend. Turn around, even like CIA and Amanda, they would send agents, people about that look the part into because you have to blend in with the or else you wouldn't be allowed to get into those certain places. Now, no one has to go anywhere because you can do it just by the internet and you can just put in a name or a hashtag mm-hmm. and find out how many people have subscribed to it, even though it doesn't give the truest, but it gives you some reflection of, like, for example, then they do a survey, they'll say one in ten people, and we just survey of 100 people, so blah 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 blah. Um, once upon a time, if you was to vote. Vote would be a headcount because majority rules, literally. Like, if, if the majority says this is what it's going to be and the minority try to disagree, they're going to have to bump, um, bump heads. Mm-hmm. And the majority will probably stomp them out. Now, because it's done online via this da 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 da, back to the whole Bush thing in, um, with Florida and all these states that didn't even vote or they was voting using dead people or there's voting using soldiers that weren't even in America. It's mm-hmm. a numbers game. So you can massage numbers. You can't massage people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they're 
if it was a head count and they said, all right, all these people have voted for Bush, all right, well, what about all these people who didn't vote? No, 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 but we're saying, actually, we're going to beat them up and do what we're going to do, or we're going to dominate them, basically, by strength and numbers. But because the few at the top know that that doesn't work because we can't have strength in numbers. That The strength is them at the bottom, and we've got to keep them busy. So that's how they do these numbers games, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, if you think about it, I mean, uh, g- going back to how to build that economic uh, power, you know what I'm saying? It is a level of consciousness when you was talking about, even back to the point when, back in the day when you was doing uh, the two for, lift, nif- two for 15 and you try to get your brothers on a meeting, right? And brothers, we have, they have embedded in our psyche that I've talked to people who, who are college educated with PhDs and all this shit. Negroes will tell you they're, 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 these are quote unquote educated, but you're educated to do a particular thing. They will tell you, I don't have to work on that because the white people are always going to have a job for me as long as you get it. All I got to do is get qualified. Do you see what I'm saying? But like mm-hmm. you said, we mm-hmm. do have a language even though it's the European language, but we have to, we do have to come up with a new African language that that it brings in all of the African experience from wherever we're in Brazil, we're in Honduras, we're on the continent, wherever. But as of now, what's stopping us to build networks based on the use the colonial language that we have, yeah. which is English, to 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 provide? Think about it. English is the best colonizer of the world. They they murder like no other. And if we got this language, why don't we stop seeing a weakness, what is a weakness, and see it as a strength? Because we're right next to these damn markets. But we can't do that just like you said. When you try to get them brothers together, they stop, they act a fool. I don't know if they were the best colonizers, but I think they came after. They came at the end, and so they had a chance to perfect the formula. Yeah. Because you know where the Spanish had already came in and da 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 and these came true. in and whatever. They followed up behind. And, and the Portuguese. Yeah, but with a bit of perspective, you can see the forest for the trees, so they could see where the people made mistakes. Mm-hmm. I was watching a documentary the other day on them, um, and as well, they was very scientific. They are very observant and to watch, okay, this sort of do this, we're going to do it that way. So I was watching a documentary on the Maroons. You know about the Maroons from Jamaica, like mm-hmm. Nanny Maroon? Mm-hmm. So that's my family. My dad's family is Maroon people. There. That's why I'm dark and I've got the dark eyes there. Um, <laughs> and they were saying how um, after they, the Maroon was, the... Uh, I think the Spanish tried, didn't work for them. The English tried, didn't work for them. And they moved up in the hills. They had this thing, what, what we now know as guerrilla warfare. And they had all things like costumes made out of leaves from bush and all these things and whatever. So you see that like, when they're going to war and they've got all the camouflage or they wear the whole bush and the whole... They've adapted that now and it's just a part of military science. Do you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. like when you check all... Like Cuba, the war of Cuba and they was in the hills and in the mountains. And they've adapted that. What they learn from that, it's like, you, you know it's from sci-fi film and the robot, and then you attack him one way and he learns that you've attacked him that way and he just starts attacking you in that same way because he's adapting everything that you do. So while we stay stagnant or while we have one enemy, they've got many and learn everything from them. And then what happened after a while is that the Maroons were batting them up so much, they were like, all right, cool, guys, let's call it a truce. They signed some paperwork. They gave them the land that they still have to this day, which isn't Jamaican territory, isn't colonial land, it's Maroon town. They've got Akampong and they've got another place. and um, But part of that deal was that they helped them because at the same time they had the wars with the Maroons, they had the Mau Mau Wars over in Kenya. Mm-hmm. And they took the best Maroon warriors, or some of them, as a trade, and took them over to Kenya to go and bust up the Mau Mau because my enemy's enemy is my friend, you know? And because they didn't have 
they was only looking for, you know, we were looking for me and mine and not we as ours. We don't have that universal concept. It was like, look, I've protected my land. I've done what I had to do. I've made this deal. It's got us peace for 150 years. Let's go and do that dirty work that we're used to doing. Or let's go and do that. Because we're warriors. Enough time it's in our nature to do that. But they were going to use us because we ain't got no universal consciousness or no um, universal it's identity. National consciousness. It's a national. Yeah. It's a lack of national yeah, consciousness. Yeah. There's no sense of story. Even even a is humane at the end of the day. Because if these people have been trying to colonize you and beat you down, you have to lick them down for 15 years. You have to beat them in submission. Why are you going to work with them? But then it wasn't me. I wasn't in that position. And I don't like doing that whole thing of throwing stones. At, uh, um, I can learn from what someone else has done. But I don't like to throw stones at other people's trod because I haven't walked in their shoes. I can just... Everyone's always got something to say about, well, if that was me, I would... Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Shut up, bro. If you were in that position, it's your shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to throw stones at them. But I just noted that in my perspective, because I have, through these people's work, I've grown up to have this national perspective. Do you know what I mean? Like that's where Mama is where we get the lot from. You know, or to mm-hmm. a degree, that warrior, that warrior. We had locks from a long time, but in this modern perception, data on commodity. I'm seen, and there was in this and that, and then that's when the races in Jamaica see that, or the original ones, because the original races they didn't have no locks. They were just on some curly thing or just on some Afro pick, or just on whatever. But then they take on that identity as that national perspective. Do you know what I mean? Because when you realize, right, it's a one, it's a one cause that we're fighting for. You know. Yeah, I had two things to say. Um, one is that, like you said, you don't want to throw stones, but we can learn from mistakes other people made. It, we see that yeah. that was a mistake. Yeah. We can learn from that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to criticize them, but we can know we shouldn't do that again. I criticize them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, fundamentally, <laughs> if you don't want to criticize them, you can definitely learn from it, if in, if anything. I'm not, the only thing when I say, I, I think you are criticizing it when you say, criticize, criticism isn't necessarily bad. You're just not saying what I would do. Well, I'm, yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying, me, James Stone, I would have worked my ass. I would have right, let them crack. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> it was wrong. It was fucked up. Well, yeah, Mandela, right. That's why you're criticizing me. Mandela's <laughs> sitting at the table and the goddamn truth and reconciliation, and they kill all them babies we have to say this wrong otherwise we set the tone well he was Mandela nah I wasn't in the jail with him but just like somebody else said Mandela should have came out and shut the fuck up when he got out of jail this is war we, we, we always want to say, well, I don't, I'm just saying what I wouldn't do. I wish somebody would kill my black ass if I thought I was going to sell out to people. Kill me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that has to be acknowledged because the other people are playing just as hardball. These people have burned our children. They've made us eat our penises. But we said, well, we, we have to be able to say what we're going to do. This is how you build an economy off of, off of us. And that's why we say... I don't know. I got a better deal over here in Britain. I don't know. I got a better deal over in America. And I see no future with another nigga. I know. Oh, except for, and except for, like I said, maybe if we take a cue from the uh, beauticians, <laughs> black beauticians, in terms of not a cue from how they operate, but how black women relate to beauticians. Because a black, like you said, a, That's Jew, true. a Jew is not going to go to you to get, you know, kosher meal. Kosher meal. Black women ain't going to go to no white woman to get their hair done. They're not. They're mm-hmm. just not going to do it. So if we extrapolate that, you know, uh, maybe maybe we will, you know, but hey, you know, a few here and there. But I'm saying by and large, yeah, you want to go to a black woman to do your hair. So wh- if we extrapolate that national identity, that national, that's nationalism to everything else, then it'll be the same. You know what I'm saying? It'll be the same to where we do respect our own institutions. You see what I'm saying? 
Isn't there? They're busting off the iron, busting anywhere. I'm on the road to Zion, I can see they're nowhere near. When you're dying by the iron, then I guess it's only fair. Just sent me as his messenger, but no one ever cared. Prayers, food, and water. Hope you're well prepared. In this judgment, no one will be spared. Know what side you're fighting on when the holy war declared. Sky larking. much emphasis on our ethnic identity yeah. as opposed to our national identity, which is that, and we have to define terms, that's why ideology is so important. Our national conscious, national identity is that of African. Nationality is your origin. Where we are on the map, we didn't decide that because we have had this tragic mahafa that happened to us. So we might be from Barbados, we might be from Brazil, but we got to stop letting our settler colonial identity, my Jamaican identity, Jamaica should just be seen or Barbadian or African from the United States because African-American is a contradiction in terms. You know what I'm saying? You would never say Jewish Nazi. But that is just uh, 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 that is just my ethnicity. And once as an African, when you come over here, whether you're from the Caribbean or not, you're going to mingle with us Africans from over here. I have The biggest problem I have is with Africans, wherever they come from, they want to act like they separate from us niggas over here. And it's okay. somehow better. There's some kind yeah. of way different. But then when it comes down to it, you gonna be talk. You ain't gonna be saying why are we so ignorant no more and and stuff like that. You gotta come in with the family and and when I you gotta be able to lose your ethnic identity. 
I, you can still maintain it. But guess what? When I'm, a, when I'm in Britain, I'm, a, I'm just an African from the United States, and I might have me a little bruv accent on that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I might uh, two for 15 on that bitch. I might sound like I came out of Texas with the two for 15, with the ting on the thing. You see? But but what I'm saying, the I'm ting not... on the thing. There you go. I done made something new. But I'm not going to sit up there and say... I'm I'm not gonna sit up there and be like, oh, I'm a I'm I'm from I'm from African American. I hate niggas who say that shit. I, I see, can't stand that shit. Being around people, yeah, you pick up the spirit. Mm-hmm. So you see, like, like I was talking about language and lingo and um, communication and currency, and it's also spirit. So being around a certain people with a certain I don't, these things come out of feet. It's like it's like a mountain will get shaped out of water that licks it for a long time. It's spirit. It's been formed. It's been developed. It's come from experiences and things. So being around them, it becomes more natural to, like you said, to put a little ting on the ting, get me, or to put a little yeah. mind them, or put a little get them, or to... And the get them! Well, no, but you see that one, one, one time, I used to, when I was first nighted up, I walked down the street and I see bare people say, oh, Bob Marley, or whatever, and this is drama, nerves. You degree, pe- uh, uh, not patro- pat- uh, patronizing, or whatever the case may be, but then I also realized that to a degree, that rebel spirit, is what they see and feel when they see you. They just don't have no other language or words yeah, to communicate. Yeah. That. You know what I mean? So whether they or whatever, whatever the case may be, but it's it's a feeling that evokes in it. Enough time, it's not just you can tell when certain people just say a thing, oh yeah, but when people are walking through their day, they're in a suit, they're in a tie, they're in a whatever, and it's yo, just a fire or and they're not Rasta, they're not whatever, but it's the feeling that you gave them. It's something see when people are in church and the spirit take them. Yes, yes. They start shaking, do the Harlem shake. Yeah, <laughs> it's a spirit that remember you're an organ man. You get me? So you know about the spirit. You know about yes. About the, you know about the ocean. Yeah, it, it's the feeling that takes these people away with it. So there is that to it too. Um, there's something else I was gonna say, but I can't remember. So I'll let you go on. Oh, I. I've... All I was saying is, like you basically were saying, it's this feeling and that spiritual essence that you're talking about. That's that. That's a part of that African consciousness and all these different, all these different identities that they've waited on. We've tried to carry more weight on them than yeah. what got us fucked up and why we can't get anywhere all over the map. Uh, Go ahead. I've got a theory in this though. I've got a theory in this story, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's tribalism. Yeah. Now, when you see us being black. Or even the word like Ethiopia, for example, that was the Ethiopia's Greek word for black. Black, place. yeah. Or the Ethiopia would be the land of the black, yeah. So this perception of us being black, as Africans, when we traveled the world and did whatever, we didn't have that perception of being, oh, I am black, because we was all black. Is that what I said yesterday? Yep. Mm-hmm. Anti, we was right. Zulu, Hazar, we was Ibo, we was Yoruba, we was all these tribes, because this is how we grow in this environment. Environment according, and it weren't just the fact he was black. That tribe meant certain ways of do things. You eat certain foods. You go certain places. You you have certain rituals for when you make a king. You have certain rituals for when you make a queen or uh, marriage rituals. You have certain rituals to praise or da 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 da. And that was our cultural identity. This is that's what we come from. It's only in reaction to this experience that we've had now, where we've been taken out of our environment and whatever. And also even this invasive because. No, those people didn't see themselves as black people. They just were black. That was a standard. You have to think about it or talk about it. There was no one else. You know what I mean? Maybe there were different shades, but they weren't thinking. And only until when certain people came off the boat or, I don't know, whether you prescribe to the Dr. Yakim theory or whatever, but 
it was their perception of these black people, mm. these black gods, or these black. We were just us. Mm-hmm. The lack of rose is a rose by any other name. No one called it a rose. It was just a rose. It was a flower that grew out of the, uh, the green earth and smelled nice. Yeah. And it's only when man comes along and says, oh, this is a rose. Oh, I like this rose. No, actually, that's a petula. Oh, actually, that's a violet. Or oh, that's a, you know, that's a, no, this is a, a white-stemmed rose. This is a black rose. This is the, the, we was, this African name, it was, I don't even know if we called ourselves that name of Ibo or da 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 because we were just the actions of, and the cultural activities of the, those people. And then coming away from that, when we start to now come away from that, now is where we're starting to learn that rare. We are this universal, this nationalism, this situation, because we've been presented with this massive enemy which is mashing us all down. And the only reason why they would do that is because we present a threat, literally, physically, because, like you said, the whole, you know, you're not powering them and their rivers of blood, basically, you're going to get breeded out. Mm-hmm. There is only this, if I breed up any race of woman, the pitney's going to be a black pitney. Yeah. So through that threat or that insecurity or that lack, that's where that whole, the attack, the threat of our potency, our, our physical, our mental, our spiritual connection then becomes a threat. So as we come here, now we need to bond together because we're under the threat or because we now know the nature of the threat. But that tribalistic thing is the natural thing that's ingrained into us. It's just our circumstances have now changed where we've got to dash that because it's not now permitting to us circumstances but when we was Ibo when we was this and that's even our certain tribes sold out other tribes because they're not yeah. thinking ah oh, well I'm an African and he's an African boy I don't like those Yorobis and all you know yeah. and so that's no different to my being a Bayesian and she can't stand Jamaicans and my dad's a Jamaican and she's like boy I mean I like them Jamaican boy and them them, them do you know what I mean that's that same psychology from then to then so a lot of time we think that's been sometimes we give our oppressors too much credit we think that you need a truth to attach the lights to but you here's, I mean? but that, and that's, we think that is go ahead that they put that on us. But I find that that was to the degree I don't know because I wasn't there. But just um, after I've done certain study and certain history, um, this universal concept of us being um, Africans, I think, is a newer concept. Well, here's the but thing. Then, okay. Also, I'm in that African environment, you go up. It's frozen. Just being in that environment because when you go, I was watching one Aboriginal. He was saying there was no word for please or thank you in his community before their colonizer came because there was no one needed to ask. Everyone had because it's in our nature being abundant people to give or to make sure that everyone is catered for. Or even down to the thing of I watched the next thing about um, um, it was on it was on BBC and it was about the nipple and the the uh, the prohibitedness or the band or the taboo of the nipple basically. And they were talking about in ancient Greeks they were so fascinated with the male form that they covered up you know. But they only went as far back as the Greeks. And I'm saying, but yeah, because before then, the nipple was a normal thing. It was a thing that was used to feed babies and people was hot and people was walking around and just out just doing what they're doing because there was no, there was a, there's this whole rape psychology or this whole powerlessness because rape is about power, didn't exist. I can't say mm-hmm. that it never happened, but as a normality within society, mm-hmm. it wasn't accepted because it wasn't there. That's why you didn't talk about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, yeah, I think another th- thing is like, oh, uh, to understand is kind of the dialectic of one of the things you talked about, you know, a lot of things I used to study back in the day is like uh, existentialism and shit like that in terms of just like, you know, how do I know who I am? I am who I am because there's another person there. So you kind of have to have understanding that we are in a social context and meaning that, you know what I'm saying? How does the white man know he's the white man? Because there's a nigga around. 
That's how he knows. Yep. And I'm going to treat yep. you accordingly. So everything in their literature goes to the fact, get out of the darkness, get out of the darkness. And that's yep. why Rago and myself arrived from the blackness and dark abyss. Now, um, going back to what you said from what uh, my studies of Africa, uh, one of the things we have to realize, like you said, we do speak an English language. We do speak that terms that come out of language is so important because uh, if we don't understand where it comes from, we can be victims of it. Like the term tribes is anthropolo anthropological. The study of anthropology is a creation of colonization when they wanted to uh, say who we were in relationship to them, this Tutan, this, us. The, yeah. Yeah, this Tutan yeah. man who was the perfect man to come out of, of Yes, exactly. So we were actually various states. You see what I'm saying? But you got to understand something. Diab wrote the book. I have not got a hold yeah. of it because it's out of print. The Cultural Unity of Black Africa, right? And in that, he has the basis of the cultural unity of all African people, no matter what state they found themselves in. We have one We have one cultural unity. It might be Africans doing this over here, and they do the same thing in a different way, whether if you're on the East Coast or if you're on the West Coast. Now, that's the cultural unity. You know who also understands this cultural unity? The white folks and the Arabs and the Asians. They understand. How come when they deal with us, they deal with us all the same, and when they talk about us, they talk about us in all the same, because they know our culture better than we do. And I wanted to say just one thing. I know you're itching uh -huh. to say something. <laughs> I can see you going, Rah, I'm going to kill you. But I just wanted to say in terms of we weren't always dispersed. We got to understand something. We came from the lower what, what is called the uh, upper Nile for us, because the way the Nile flows, from out of that Zimbabwe region. And did you know Nile Valley Civilization, before we even united the uh, the two Egypts, we lived there for thousands, a thousand years before we united the Egypts and all this stuff, but uh, the upper and lower Egypt. All these various ethnic groups that we see breaking up, like Igbo, Hausa, uh, uh, Dahomey, all these are relatively new Due to those uh, uh, incursions and those invasions from the high schools, from Persia, from 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 Rome, and you think about it, it changed the face of Egypt to where the Ethiopian church, you know, you got Coptic Christianity, but it's really the basis is that comes from Egypt. So we got these bases of you know uh, the anthropological term tribes, but really what we are different ethnic groups representing various state formations that we come to learn about, say, in late in Africa's history. So the Igbo is a late, if you look at some of the Wolof people, a lot of their language, Wolof, there you go. A lot of their, lang their languages the, the Wolof, is, you know, the Wu -Tang there you go, is similar, <laughs> <laughs> is similar to uh, 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 the writings of ancient comedic uh, languages are the same. A lot of words are the same yeah. because we were dispersed and just like we were dispersed and we were made into these new ethnic groups called African-Americans or african mm. Brazilians, But we always had that one culture of unity. We do. I'm, I understand what you're saying. Don't give them so much credit. But I'm not taking away credit from because we had a lot of invasions. The Europeans mm. were the latest ones. They were the late. You got to understand Ethiopia was always under attack by those Arabs. Yeah. Always. Mm. Even when They're the main they, reason why they couldn't get to it is because it's surrounded by mountains. And there you yeah, go. Exactly. I just was reading about that last. I was reading about that last night. And but we saw. You see, yep. <laughs> you see that? That's 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 mother nature putting us to protection. Do you know what I mean? They're putting us on that, and it's very high. The land there is really, really yeah, high. Yeah, high. I saw. Yeah, and so I just want to say this, and going understanding this whole totality of our history, 
the unity of who we are and how these invasions disperse us and then create these new so-called ethnic identities that we find as primary. But when we look at it, we see how we be a lot of the times we'll watch some stuff in Britain or in Africa. We say, damn, that looked like the cut. We be doing that same shit over here. Mm-hmm. Once you recognize mm-hmm. that, and taking in all of our experiences and stuff like that, you know we one people. Yeah, we, yeah, why do we all say familiar. them? Like, the like we said before, we all say them. All, and maybe in different words, but in different ways, but we all say them. You know what I mean? Mama D-E-M. Them. Mama, Mama them. Dem fools. Dem crazy. Dem fools. You know, Fayla would say dem a lot. Yeah. We yeah. all say yeah. them. I mean, that's just one yeah. word I can remember. Well, it, it, it's, it's also because we have the we might not have the words, which is the grammar, but we still have the syntax. Sound. Yes, there yeah. you go, brother. You got yeah. it. Why do you think Words every power sound? There you go. Why do you think every Asian person, if they learn English, they sound or uh, well, East Asian, yeah. they sound similar. No, you don't. But it's all <laughs> linguistics. We might not have the grammar, but we all say why we all say every African who speak English. Man, them boys right there don't know what them they be doing. It's, mm. but, but they mm. call it ignorance. No, it's mm. us. It, it's us using spirit. It's our it's the spirit. It's the spirit. And if we want to get Western, it's our linguistics. We still have our mm-hmm. same linguistic tongue. And we're filtering through the same linguistical system that makes us have the proper syntax. So, but what the white folks do is demonize everything. <laughs> That's the proper syntax. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so they say, "Oh, you talk incorrectly," and then we internalize that shit. When we all should be saying them. Just like when, uh, what, Ragga, one of my favorite lines, you say, dim head, niggas in charge. We say, they the ones that said, niggers, but it's mm-hmm. niggas, and that means kings. But you see, I was just about to get around to that, yeah. So you see, um, <laughs> um, my son, my son had some fight in school the other day, yeah, and I was concerned. So, because he keeps on telling me, he's always getting in fights, and I'm saying to him, because I don't live with him, I don't have it to dictate or to war with the school all the time. So I just try to give them the tools that they have so they can operate wherever, whenever, however, like Maxwell, yeah? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true because if I'm not going to be there always there to pick your fights or fight your battles. So it's just giving you the psychology. So I'm saying what decisions are leading you to keep on being in. So anyway, long story short, he's saying that these boys have been chasing him around, blah, 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 blah. And because he's big, oftentimes I have the same syndrome. I'm the biggest one in the class. They're trying to topple you so they can be the HNIC. Or even if it's not even the HNIC, the head. Or it would probably be the white boy in charge. But if they can topple the biggest Negro in there, then, yeah, they're the king of the castle, yeah? So he just spends his whole time fighting with these lot. And then when he flings licks, people end up in trouble because the people cry and want to run to teachers and blah, 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 blah. And they were talking about exclusion. So I've contacted the school. The school said, no, we're not going to exclude your son. He was a very good pupil, et cetera, et cetera. But it's the boys that have been around him and it's the choices that they're making which keep on leading them to be in front of the headmaster. So I was quite happy about that because it wasn't this baby, oh, well, you know, they're all kids and they should learn to get along with the no. There was actually, boom. So the youth's mum that he got in the tr- in the fight with called him a nigger in school. So, uh, or at school or something that his his mum had said to him because she didn't say it to him directly, but um, his mum, my son's mum, teach, check out our work as well. She's got some new work out at the moment for the force. You'll like it. So teach him or teach you. So I'll send you the link online. But anyway, so teach. Um, says to my son, Isaiah, she says to him that the youth's mum has called him a nigger. So I said to him, you know what nigger means? He was like, nah. So I went online and I found this thing um, from niggers to niggers so or whatever. And it has a spelling bee with the little boy, the little white boy at the spelling bee talk, trying to spell niggers so or whatever. And then it goes into the history of niggers. And, and Jamaicans always used to say this thing, nigger. They always think, what's a nigger? Where does yep, that come from? Yep. But niggers, yep. nagas, the, uh, the so-called, Marcus Scott would say the so-called negro or whatever. But I know what Negus is because I'm Rasta, innit? But you do the link or whatever, ninjas, um, Nagasaki. Um, uh, what was the other thing? Nagasaki, what was the other one? 
um, Niger, Nigeria. Um, uh, what was the other one? Um, Queen and Zinga, you know? Yeah. It's the, there's a deity. It's that the word is comes down to like the king or the, the king in flesh or the word in flesh or, but it's power. It's a power. It's a deity. Even down to like you said, them or day, like day, day, deity, day, life, living, you know? All these words, the etymology of these words, it all links because that's why I'm, I'm an MC. I like the relationship of words and how they relate to each other, how they rhyme, how they sound good next to each other, what words are familiar. And that's the, the what we use the linguistics and, and language in order to kind of paint our picture, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I explained it to him and he was like, his conclusion was basically, he's like, oh, so she called me a king. Oh, why, thank you. I said, well, yeah, but you don't know that because she's ignorant. And so the, the lesson was that you have to mind up for the ignorance of others because people will use things that they have and not even know how they're using them. And also it's about the intention. She never intended to call you no king. Yeah, it was derogatory. That's what I was just about. I you took the words right out of my mouth because when I say, man, I'm rolling with my nigga Rackers do the rebel shit. It's, it's, it's my brother. But when the crackers say, I'm you nigga, uh-huh. like when I was a little kid, you know, it's, it's the spirit yes, behind because it. Because it's, it's intention. Yep. But also on that, what I, had, I had various battles with that word. Because I got to a certain point at one point, and I wasn't, um, for a long time, it was the one thing that we all had in common. Yeah? No matter who you are, no matter how light you are, no matter how dark you are, from you don't get accepted. When you get around certain situations, it'll be how you look. You don't know? Yeah? And so I was like, no matter what, like you said, no matter all the tribal separations, no matter all the identities, whether you're from the islands, whether you're from America, whether you're from the continent, whether you're, you're Creole, whether you're light skin, whether you're coolie, whether you're, whatever <laughs> explanations you want to come down to it. When things get tough, you all got called the same. Nah. Yeah, so I was like, that was my united flag of, see that everyone's banding under Wakanda at the moment. They're all like, yes, United States of Wakanda, 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 everyone's under that. I was like under the United States of Negative. Because I like that, the fact that no matter how bougie or bossy or whatever, we all get humbled with it sooner or later. Mm. So that's one thing I clung to. But then, as I kind of got a bit older and I see the emotional trauma that it put some people through and blah, 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 blah. Because if you check a lot of my older music, something that I used a lot more as I've got a bit further and especially at that time is my own psychological associations to that word the people that I would refer to were people that acted niggerish <laughs> do you know what I mean it wasn't necessarily of kingship do you know what I mean it wasn't it was a transition from niggers to niggers or from niggers to niggers mm-hmm. or niggers then to niggers and then back to niggers kind of thing yeah but where I was on that transition trying to get on the niggers thing when I made ref- someone had to act niggerish for me to refer to them as that yeah. But um, now knowing the semantics or just having a better grasping and also maybe even being in a better place myself. You know, you're trying to rid yourself of certain behaviors or psychologies or certain things. It's not necessarily to wave that banner or to, to but now I'm past it. I'm just cool. It's just how you feel about it at the end of the day because you know, all these people want to get rid of words. Oh, we've got to get rid of words. Or yeah. see, like mm-hmm. he was talking last time about the Confederate flag and they got to no, know because then this is not you being honest on what's really exactly. happening. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And just because you maybe, or you as you could be European or whoever, don't align yourself or relate to that reality or this is not something I would do because I've got black friends or I've got a black child or blah, 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 blah. Just because you wouldn't act on it or behave in that manner doesn't mean it didn't happen. And for us to deny it is doing yourself a disservice. You have to look at where we've come from in order to where we're going to go. And so to hide everything or to deny everything or to lie about everything, it's just you're doing me a disservice because you're not respecting the struggle that I've been through. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's so, a real European way of looking at things because they mm-hmm. they want to always eradicate something, you know, just eradicate it. They don't mm-hmm. want to deal with it. They just want to mm-hmm. get rid of it or run away from it. But, but the thing about it is... That they, comes, they but think... that comes from parenting. That comes from parenting, though, because say, for example, a child is doing something, yeah, 
And um, say, for example, you got the phone, and they're, and they're giving the child the phone, you know, that child the phone, and then you need the phone. If the child is wilding out on the bus in the middle of public, and it's like, no, no, well, why don't you go outside the room so we can't see it? No, you can't have the phone. That is it. Exactly. No. Yes. Boundaries. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because they don't set these boundaries, or because it's a normality for us not to set the boundaries with the children, then they grow up to be adults who can't do the same. They can't accept the fact that someone would have something that they don't have. And even that, that's what this whole diversity thing is not. Because they, they present this thing of equality, 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 like we're all the same. No, we're not the same. We all have different exactly. things to offer. We all have equal potential that mm-hmm. we could, depending, some of us could turn around and do this amount, or some of us could do that amount, but potential is endless. And we all have potential, yeah? But we all offer something different, and that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. We all offer the same thing. It would be dead boring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yes. because people, to make themselves feel guilty and better or rid themselves of guilt, and we've got this we are the world psychology and everyone's a winner and all this kind of bullshit, that's how they present the information now, you know? Mm-hmm. But the fact is, this is not for you. This isn't yours. That's how I teach my children. Sometimes you can't have stuff. Sometimes that isn't mm-hmm. for you. See, like, for example, where we don't eat meat. Or some of us, like, I don't eat no, de- I don't eat no, no flesh or no fish or I don't eat no dairy. So we have to go certain places sometimes. And you might want the cake. You might want the birthday present. You might want this, but no, you're not having it because it's not for you. So when they get older in life, they can understand, nah, shit, this isn't for me. Uh, certain things aren't for me. Certain things are mine. So even like, for example, like I was saying to you about the herb thing, I know herb because I grew up around herb. So when I got a bit older and I started to see certain things like, or this, that, that, that. I never wanted to mess with it because it's not something that I know. It's not familiar to me. It's not culturally viable to me. And even growing up in a, in a pro whatever kind of psychology, I saw what drugs did to the Panthers and to this movement, to that movement. Yeah. So I didn't mess with it. And that's even my perception when I even became a hustler. It was still to keep it to be an herbs man or to be subscribing prescription to people because they needed it for the healing as opposed to for their destruction or for my capitalistic gain. Do you know what I mean? I just try to something in line with my morals because that's what I grew up seeing. But if you grow up in a household where daddy's a top shotter and, and mommy's a hustler and da da da, you're going to have a different perspective. But it's about in, in how you're reared. It's all about how you're reared from a youth, you know. And if you're not grown in a certain way or cultivated in a certain way, it's hard for people to find it otherwise. That's why people go to jail and it's given five years for them to sit down in their toilet and read books and learn different things and it changes their perception. Because when you're in that environment consistently exposed to these things, it's hard for you to change the way you think. Yes, it's 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 uh some polyphery called submerged in reality. When you're submerged in reality, it's hard for you to get a, a certain level of uh, uh for lack of a better word, what he would say, conscientization. And one of the things you hit the nail on the head when you said no, you 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 take the phone away some kind of way. And what that does is when they get rid of they need to get the try to get rid of the Confederate flag, but think the American flag is all right, right? Ask the, <laughs> ask the indigenous people and us Boogie about it, right? It, it what it does is. It takes away, and then it, it, it wants to erase. They try to erase it, but you don't re- erase the effects of that that we still live. Yep. And then you'll say, "Well, why yep. are these niggas crazy?" Well, yeah, they just want to eradicate the object. They want to not the not the not, not only yeah. ideology behind it exactly. And then mm-hmm. they want to eradicate their part in it. And then to say, "Well, we took away the flag. Why are you niggas can't get along? Why are you crazy?" You know. And I'm and I'm. I want to say before I forget, bougie niggas. Saying they don't like niggas, I can't stand it. Like me, as like you said, as I've gotten older, sometimes I, 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 you know, and understand. I used to be just like you. I'd be like, cause just growing up where I'm from, yeah, that's right. I'm a nigga, and I'm the nigga. Don't call me mm-hmm. Martin Luther King. I'm a nigga, you know. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, that's right. I'm mm-hmm. scary, and I still get that way from time to time. I'm not gonna lie. But the thing about it is, as I've gotten older and understand, like you said. I use, you use, sometimes you use it. Well, I, my experiences with the word was first encountered it a lot when I was around white people to try to degrade, right? Yep. But yep. 
the point is, like you said, I can't stand these bougie-ass niggas who act like if you stop the saying Negros. the word nigga, right, there's some kind the of Negros. way everything goes away. Yeah, nigga, away. everything yeah. goes away. We will have Africa. We will control the coltan mines. No, I will love my brothers. That. They don't want that. No, yeah, don't I was want, about they don't want people smiling in their face. Right, exactly. They want people smiling in their face. They want it to be nice and palatable and manageable. Yeah? To control so the cocaine would be responsibility. <laughs> but you see, you see what are you saying about the fact that people want to just remove the thing or hide the flag or whatever? That's back to what we said about the healing. It's about instead of turning around and going to the root cause of the problem, mm-hmm. what they will do. Say you've got a rotten fingernail. Yeah? You've got a fungus, fungal infection in your fingernail. Babylon will turn around and chop off the whole entire hand and get rid of what the symptom is to say we fix the symptom rather than going to the root cause, which is probably in the stomach, something that he was eating, ingesting, taking on, or something he was going through psychologically or something you haven't dealt with, you know? Before they turn around and think, ah, what's the root causes? Where you been? What have you touched? What have you... Nope, tell you what, we cut the whole hand off. It was only a problem with the fingernail, but the whole hand's gone. Problem sorted because they're only trying to dampen the symptoms. They're not trying to fix the root causes. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's so and European it's, because they've been on image. But but you know what? Yep. That is their whole ideology, ideological approach to everything. Think about settler colonies. They were not free in Europe, so they came and stole everybody. They didn't fix the contradictions they had in Europe. They just shifted that same inequality onto us. That's what I'm saying. And then they became free. That's why it's very, very yep. European. It's, it's, it's like straight up from their psyche to think that way. So that's why when people say... <laughs> They, they oppressed those people there. They oppressed those people there. Those people at the point or at the verge of the fact that they didn't want to turn around and no longer be a part of that society. They were going to probably change it or overturn it. Stick them on a boat, ship them off to America, ship them off to Australia, let them be someone else's problem. Pass right. the buck. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Pass the buck and then they can live like kings because they usurped the indigenous land. They still yep. Africans scramble our fucking brains up and stuff even, like that. Even that, it might not have even been the original plan. The original plan was to get rid of the troublemakers. Then the troublemakers... Then report back, and it's like, oh, let me opportunists. Yeah, a lot of it is not a master plan. It's a bunch of accidents that have happened. It's like, dude, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, even yeah, the reason why that sense they... of humor is so because it is. Oh, 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 actually, oh, 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 oh. Great. Well, that's true. Up. They make it seem like <laughs> white know, folks had it. They had a perfect plan that just went perfectly at every step of the way. Mm-hmm. No, I, it, mm-hmm. it, it's so true because that's how we uh, uh, kind of like venerate these people. And we like yep. sometimes a Deify lot of them. De- yep. That's the word I was looking for because a lot of times they stumble on things by accident. The only way that I say the British stepped into it is kind of like what you said earlier in the conversation. They have barely seen the Portuguese lose everything. Yep. The Portuguese was yep. the first one to start the trade. How is Portugal seen as a third-rate power? Hell, Port- I, somebody said they from Portuguese. They say, what is that, a new type of Mexican? Right? But, they don't even uh, know they're European. The, the Portuguese, now think about it. Who went to Portugal for 300 years and civilized and did all these things? Now, I've, I've been doing some research on, on the whole, not major research, but just as you look and you learn and you grow. And I think a lot of that was, you see the secret societies and whatever was the Moors, man. Enough of these Moors, they were at top levels of society. So they've gone over there, civilized certain things, but they wanted to set up this new world order. They wanted to set up this new high society thing. And so instead of trying to turn around and take over whatever was going on there, because a lot, all man like Columbus, he got his map to get to the new world from yeah. the Moors. Mm-hmm. One of the men that was one of his, his boat guys was a Moor. One of his navigators was a Moor. So a lot of them men there have gone and they've sold out a lot the information and the magic or the, 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 the knowledge over there to turn around and have to be in high standing within this thing and create this new bloodline or create this new era or create this new plan because if you check it 
They didn't know nothing. They weren't doing that great. And then the Portuguese go over there. But who was over in Portugal? The Moors. So they've gone over there and spilled these beans. Then their men have gone over there under instruction. Even though it's something about basically about Morocco being the first place to acknowledge America as the new world or something like that. And um, some speech that um, Hillary Clinton made or something. I know I'm going a bit um, conspiracy theory a bit with it. But just this, this, this information I take on and I added information I already have. But if you're checking it, these men have then gone on. And if you check, whenever you... You see these pictures of these antiquity, whether it be Queen of this or Isabella or that one or whatever. They've always got a black face in the background of the picture. Yeah. And that black face always has some kind of hat on or some kind of head wrap or some kind of something like that. Now, slaves don't wear hats, head wraps, turbans, none of that stuff because they don't have no religious freedoms. It's the Moors. So where there was these members in high society, they were bringing in them and there to be like their apprentices. And I don't know whether it's gone wrong. Or And also, I read the next thing is they're saying a lot of the slavery thing was because of the Moors and they had a passion for white women. And I was watching one film with Sidney Poitier and he plays um, some whatever in the other acting. And I'm seeing a lot of these films because I was doing some more research or whatever. And if you check Morocco, you check Egypt, you check all these places, the whole population is mixed race. It's curly-haired, light-skinned people. Well, you got to you know? also understand something about the Moors that um, I know we toot the Moors, but let me bring it to a contemporary term so people can understand about the Moors. Were the vast majority of the Moors African? Yeah, a lot of them were African. A lot of them come from that knowledge. But you got to look at the Moors similar to Africans in the United States, Britain, or wherever. You have this strong, strong, yeah. Well, you have this strong African presence in there. They drive all their culture and all their all their ingenuity, a lot of ingenuity in America from us, right? And so, if Mm -hmm. we were to go over to say somewhere else, right, they would say. It was the Americans, right? Mm-hmm. It was the Americans. Mm-hmm. But knowing it was mm-hmm. Africans doing it. Now, the Moors were, by the time Moors were on the rise, that was after all the caliphs and shit had destroyed ancient Egypt, Greece, Rome, it ran through there and pillaged Egypt. So we were already, we, these were captured African who were Islamicized, but they were still Africans. You see, we yeah. still Africans, so we still brought our knowledge, we bring our knowledge to the university where we go. think we don't have it, right? So, mm. yeah, just like niggas today, well, well, just like niggas, exactly, just like niggas today got a love for white women, right? Them niggas mm-hmm. had a love for the white women because they was they, they was already into that Islamicized society. These weren't indigenous Africans. So I hold up the more, because yeah, they was some niggas and stuff like that, but they weren't the true ever-loving essence of our truth that we was they was, we was kind of confused as more as similar to how we confused as African Americans. That don't mean mm-hmm. it ain't no Africans but over here. It's just we culturally misoriented. They were the bad and bougie ones, yeah. There you go. You see, they were kind of <laughs> they were kind of culturally mis because I heard about the white woman thing, but that's the, that's because they was rolling around with them with them others. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And they had been they they forgot oh. They forgot uh, 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 I saw and I said, and they were saying Muhammad, 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 and they was and some of them, you know, I read, you know, they they believed in the brotherhood of Islam and all that, and it didn't go the other way. You see, I don't mm, read about yeah. slavery in the Arab world and how they did us and the harems of African women, and to this day in Mauritania, how they do it, and how North Africa and how the Arabs invaded and, and attacked the Berbers. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The people, they were black, they African show, people. Now they show Burbers as white folk on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't yeah. that at and all. They weren't white. I yeah. went, I've been to Morocco and I've met the Burbers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You they, have. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. they were light-skinned as a mothful. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, they still claim, obviously a lot of it's to do with business, but no, nah, when you sit down and reason enough of them, they still know who they are because they're hailing them up as their cousin or as their... 
no, no, you, you, my like, especially where man's turban, beard, slim face, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They hellman in a certain way, so it's not that they don't know. I don't think they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. just all in context and depends who you're talking to. You know, it, that is so true, exactly right, because you know. I have to say this, uh, Zari and myself are definitely not representative of the type of African thought that you'll get if you come to Texas. That's just the fact mm. of the matter of it is, you know, a lot of people aren't aren't interested in how the world works. And I think that's that's the key problem, because if we know how the world works, if we care, because a lot of people know and they just don't give a shit. And we yeah. have to understand yep. that a lot of people don't yep. give a shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's just real. We need to stop saying, oh, they don't know. That's liberalism. Oh, they, if only they knew if he just had this. Now, that, that nigga don't know because the nigga don't want to know. Exactly. I don't, how many people you don't run into? They be like, nah, brother, if I knew that, brother, I would be at that meeting on time. You know, and nigga, you don't know nothing. Anyway. A million man marching to Zion, there's no denying. The conquering lion, blink twice and I capsize on the black ice. That's why I baptize in the name of the black Christ. A million man marching to Zion, there's no denying. The conquering lion, blink twice and I capsize on the black ice. That's why I have to baptize in the name of the black Christ. But not wickedness, deal with no less than utter holiness Higher than Everest in a realm of silence Pinnacle nine levels, science story, whole of science Bring forth everything, still I see I Real self-reliance, so I just want to sing More eyes is to my king The only I read within And that relieving all the stresses of the times A million man marching to science There's no denying the conquering lion, blink twice and I capsize on the black ice. That's why I baptize in the name of the black Christ. A million man marching to Zion, there's no denying. The conquering lion, blink twice and I capsize on the black ice. That's why I have to baptize in the name of the black Christ. The Eden, them are crumbling, them weeping at them hearts, so I sight them stones. Now when the eat, touch them, there's no compromise. The devil get the feet, the wicked. Of the most high, I draw my spliff and let my locks fly. Ready to done a guy if 
he tries Make sure he sees the conquering Lying in my eyes I and I are true Rasta man I don't deal with lies So it's true stories When I say the army will ride Just long we got the eye of them Tuck rule tight A million man marching to Zion There's no denying The conquering lion Blink twice and I capsize on the black ice That's why I baptize In the name of the black Christ A million man marching to Zion all right everybody this is where we have to leave it for now but don't fret if you want to finish listening to this episode a seiku shite with rago zulu rebel in its entirety all you have to do is go to our store. There you will have access not only to this particular interview, but to all of C101's unabridged interviews, musical commentaries, and merchandise. And most importantly, you will be supporting 100% independent media. And we promise you that just with all of our unabridged interviews, the podcast was just the tip of the iceberg. We touch on so much more so you definitely want to get the unabridged interview of Seiku Shite with Ragozulu Rebel, where in addition to what you just heard, we discussed the distortion of African culture in the mainstream, individuality versus individualism, the fallacies of inclusion and equality, and much, much more. So we know you want to finish listening to a Seiku Shite with Ragozulu Rebel. Link to this unabridged interview is in our show notes. So pick that up now. Now, this episode has featured sounds from Chairman Matt from his album, Ginger. The tracks were Imposter, Pear Tree, Be So Much, and Friday Night Soul, respectively. And Ragazulu Rebel from his albums, Selassie I Sun, 2007, The Return of Ja Messenger, and Ja Messenger. The tracks were Dreadlocks Man, featuring Spliff, Range, and Ja Miracle, Deeper, Old School, featuring Sicko, Sky Larkin, and Ross Tafara, featuring Ja Miracle, Ross Greg, and Spliffy. We want to thank Ragazulu Rebel for taking his time to dialogue with us, and for more on Ragazulu Rebel, because let me tell you something, uh, since <laughs> we did this recording, with Rago, um, he has come through with a plethora of of di- more content adding to it. And, you know, if you want to keep up with him, you know, you have to go to his social media as well as uh, his websites. And, and this brother is busy. He has a lot, a lot, a lot of, lot of material. And so we're going to go ahead and give you his social media and affiliated websites. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's all at Zulu Rebel. Okay, he has an additional... Instagram uh, page called at Ragozulu Rebel promo. His website is www.ragozulurebel.com. You know, he's on Bandcamp. You know how to do that, right, guys? Just search Ragozulu Rebel. And his SoundCloud, do the same thing. Search Ragozulu Rebel. Links for music featured in this episode are available in our show notes. Also, the links for uh, Chancellor Williams' book we mentioned, we're going to link to that too. And links for social media and affiliated websites for Rago are also available in our show notes, as always. Don't forget 
Uh, when you visit us at kajiatization101.com or c101magazine.com, sign up to our mailing list for exclusive information and downloads. Hit up our store and support 100% independent media. Also, don't forget, check us out on Twitter at Conscient One. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-1. On Facebook at Conscientization101 and Instagram at C101Editors. Uh, yeah, like I said, we're trying to make updates to the sites and we're just, you know, hey, if you guys know of any reliable website person that's real reliable, just just drop us a line. We work to, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to you, check it out, whatever. Because, you know what I'm saying, we ended trying to uh, trying to build with each other. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody trying up here to say, oh, I'm the leader of this and all this. Nah, we ain't trying to do that. We trying to, look, you, you got to read these books, though, because you want to you have practice, man. You want your decisions informed with real theory. And also, guess what? As you do practice, right, the theory might change as well. You know what I'm saying? Because you know how people say, oh, all you have to do is this. Then when they get their, get their ass out there and just try to do what they just said, they say, ooh, this shit a little bit harder than what I thought it was. Right? <laughs> So, yeah, man, you know, hey, man, we all working together trying to get out of this shit, man. Also, since we've been going through up against all these crazy odds and haven't had new content in a while, we're going to give you all something special. You know, we have to only do our podcast like every two weeks because, you know, we have other stuff we do in our lives and stuff like that. We don't live in Conscientization 101 world, but guess what? Our world is imbued with Conscientization 101. Oh, there you go. I'm in raw. Yeah. Now meditate on that. Meditate on that. Wise intelligent. Right. <laughs> you know. Hey, wise intelligent, you get that from the last dragon? T- Let us know. Let us know. Well, anyway, you know that scene, the pizza, and they next up the pizza, the Daddy Green's pizza. Anyway, <laughs> since we have, you know, we've been going through all this crazy stuff, we want to release um another podcast. So I got like right after I'm recording it, we're recording this right now. And then I'm going to go this next week. This is the week. Actually, this today is actually February 9th, like I said. So this next week. I'm going to be editing and mastering uh, the first, I mean, because we're going to, right after this drops the next week, after you hear this good stuff from Rago and you get all his content, then what we going to, you going we going to release another interview we did at the end of the year that we wanted to have out before the end of the year, but we weren't able to because all the stuff happened. An interview, like we did, a two-part interview, we did over two days, okay? We did the interview on 9-15-2018 and 10-27 with American Indian activist, intellectual, uh, a distinguished American Indian elder who's been involved in struggle. He knows about the African struggle, the American Indian struggle. Very informed brother, War Churchill. Yeah, we. Oh man, and uh, his book is we we talked about was wielding words like weapons, selected essays in indigenism, 1995, 2005. We have that up on the website right now, so you can you know link to it and purchase it. Uh, we also have a link. I put a link in the show notes so you can, you know, purchase that, make it easy for you too. And again, if you can't purchase it, go to the damn library and get it. If y'all still had that, if they didn't cut through all the public funds and gave them all to Jeff Bezos, okay? I know y'all are like, well, why are you giving it to Amazon? Hey, man, I didn't create this hegemonic world. And if more people knew that, then guess what? We had them link come back to us. We'd have people's on or some shit like that. Africans on. But anyway, I digress. We're going to have War Church. We're going to play that right there. But I have I've already edited because we was we was gonna have this show out before the end of the year, but then all this stuff happened. We were gonna have I've already edited the first interview, but then when we close it out on that 1027, woo, we we man, we you talk about firing the booth, we were sweating. It was man, 
You know what I'm saying? Man, we Ward, Zari, con, and myself, conscientization, we was going hard in the paint. We was we breaking down that dialogue. That's why y'all got to get Ward Churchill. But I'm going to actually link to all of Ward Churchill's books in the show notes that are in the Conscientization 101 library. I don't give a damn which one you read. Hell, books that aren't, aren't in the library, read them. Because I haven't read everything. You know what I'm saying? I got a stack of books, man. I've tried to read, but then car, I get hit in car wrecks. I got to go do chiropractic therapy, get shots in my back, herniating. We got stuff. So if you get to read some, I ain't above nobody. This African learned, baby. I'm about that practice. But man, Ward, I've been reading Ward a long time since I was in my 20s. And I ain't ashamed to say it. I'm happy I make it. February 24th, I'm going to hit 41. So I've been reading Ward since my like, late 20s. All right. So we're going to have that out right after this, right after this, right after this, right after this. Right after, because we usually do two weeks. So, hey man, get ready for Brother Ward. He gonna he will words like weapons, baby. Also, check out all the additions to the library we made this week. We're gonna have some more that next week. Uh, books, like I said, we've been reading a lot of books. Conscientization One One. Real, you know, sometimes when stuff happens, that's the best time to sit up. Read a book, you know what I'm saying? You know, understand what's going on. It, it, it helps out because y'all watch all this binge stuff. All that binging ain't good for you, okay? So That's why you can die when you bulimic. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> books can help you get through it and form your action. And that's practice, baby. You know, get that book and then try to practice it. Build with other people. Build with other people. Build with like-minded people. Anyway, guys, 50th episode. We off the chain. We ain't been in a while. We're good. To be, glad to be back. Thank you very much. We'll see you. Next time with Ward Churchill, Rago, thank you very much, my brother. Peace. 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 Peace.